I often wonder what I might have done with my life if I'd never become a cop. There was this kid who sat behind me in the fifth grade. His name is long gone from my patchy memory, but I do recollect two things about him. One, he annoyed the hell out of me by wiggling his foot against the leg of my chair all day long. And two, he knew exactly what he wanted to be when he grew up. A garbage man. Not in an ironic kind of way, either. Careers in sanitation fascinated him. He drew pictures of garbage trucks like other kids drew rocket ships or unicorns. On trash day, he would set his alarm early so he'd be waiting there in the alley to get a glimpse of his heroes. If you gave him a box, he wouldn't make something useful out of it like a car or a teleporter. He'd make a dumpster. When I hear the pneumatic wheeze of a garbage truck's air brakes, I occasionally think of this kid, whatever his name was. I wonder if he ever did manage to live the dream or if his parents talked him into being an accountant, or maybe a doctor. At one point in my prepubescent life, I had aspirations of joining the military. Not because I'm pro-war, and certainly not because I'm good at following orders. I suspect my subconscious was grooving on the idea of being dumped into the plastic bag with a few dozen other little green army men, and losing myself in a tangle of arms, legs, and rifles. Real life being as disappointing as it often is, my chosen career, or the career that chose me, turned out to be a continual display of territoriality and machismo rather than teamwork. Other than my partner, Bob Ziegler, there's not anyone at the precinct I'm comfortable with. The feeling of unease between me and everyone else is mutual. Sometimes the evidence of exclusion is subtle, like when conversation ebbs as I cross the threshold. Sometimes it's overt, like finding every last pen gone from my desk when the fully stocked supply room is a hell of a lot closer to everything else, and Zig's desk is untouched. It says something about how awkward things were that I preferred being at a crime scene to reporting back to the station and dealing with all the other cops. This aversion to groups probably started early. I grew up in group foster care with a rotating stream of snotty kids. Troubled kids, I know now. I'm sure they acted like they did not because they were inherently jerks, but because they'd been starved, beaten, and molested, or at the very least, neglected. Sure, we had toys, but they were nasty second-hand toys. Naked dolls, games with missing parts, dirty plastic action figures with the paint rubbed off. One thing I don't remember attempting to play with is a jigsaw puzzle. I'm sure we must have had them, probably with a good handful of pieces missing from each one. But I couldn't dredge up any specific memory of putting together puzzles. Maybe eventually I'd get the hang of it, although probably not tonight. It was already past six, and while I'd been focused on my project, the cannery had grown dim. I'm home, Lisa called from the foyer.
My heart did a little relief flip every time I heard her say that. Even now, all these months after we coaxed her out of the greedy clutches of Psytrain. I'm in here. My voice was phlegmy from staring so hard I'd forgotten to swallow. Lisa tracked in melted snow and frowned down at the dining room table. You're not done with that thing yet? To be fair, it might be my first jigsaw puzzle, as far as I knew. I didn't realize there was a time limit.